This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew, and I'm here. This is alluding to later in the podcast, my favorite SOB, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? <laughs> and SOB does not stand for what you think it stands for. Um, Brian, let the people know what SOB stands for. Before. It stands for <laughs> it stands for stream or bench. You know, it's not quite a starter. I'd I, I put it to you like this. It's someone who you feel like should be an everyday starter, but you have to write them on your bench because you're not confident in them. Or it's a bench player that every week they do a little better, and you're like, you know what? I think I should start them, but you're still not quite sure. That's what an SOB is. I think it could be an either-or category. And you know who was trending in the SOB before he got hurt this week was Cam Akers, running back of the Minnesota Vikings. He was he was leaning or starting to go towards, you know, stock rising. Um, they have a pretty good strength of schedule coming up at the second half, you know, for running backs. And he goes down, I guess, apparently he – well, not apparently because it's been confirmed. He ruptured his uh, Achilles on the opposite leg or the opposite foot of where he had the uh, first Achilles tear when he was with the Rams. So he's out for the season. It's it sucks because mm-hmm. I was kind of a fan of Cam Akers on the Vikings. I wasn't a fan of Cam Akers on the Rams, and I mm-hmm. think that had more so to do with just the vibe that was there. Like yeah. it just felt like Sean McVay was just like, I don't like this guy, but I'm stuck with him. I can't do anything. And uh, when he went to the Vikings, uh, you know, I, I was a believer in like, oh, you know, he's gonna split the work with Madison, and um, I think he's talented, and so. You know, I bought yeah. into that stock, and and yeah, it sucks. Yeah, we'll see if he comes back from this. Uh, he came back from his other Achilles injury relatively quickly, actually. So we'll see. Like, yeah, he's done for the year, but we'll see if he's ready to go for next season. And we'll, I guess, we'll he'll be a very interesting off season discussion because when the Vikings traded for Cam Akers, it was just one of those things that you're like waiting for him to almost take over from Madison. It just felt like the Madison thing wasn't 100% working. Like, Madison's a talented running back, but it just wasn't working 100%. And it's funny, because if you look at his fantasy production, Madison's pretty good. <laughs> it's just like the eye tests. And then the Vikings were 1-4, and four, so you're just, at one point, you're just wondering, like, all right, when's Cam Akers going to be able to, you know, even if it's a 50-50 committee, it, was just, it just felt like they never were getting there. And then, like, over the last couple of weeks, we started slowly seeing Cam Akers evolve more in the offense. And it just, yeah, it sucks. And I think if you have Madison, you, the stock rises significantly. I do think you now start looking at some people on the depth chart for the Vikings, but I would say... Knowing that you're serious about, I would say, you know, Madison stock rises, and that's an off-season discussion at this point. Yeah, and I think the injury bug just hit the Vikings hard on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, some sometime around there, where their starting quarterback, Jaron Hall, got taken out of the game with a concussion. He was diving for the end zone and got hit pretty hard and, and, you know, sustain a concussion. So they had, you know, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is is the MVP. Like, if there was an mm-hmm. MVP for non-MVP players, like, Josh Dobbs is that, that you know, top candidate. Um, you know, obviously we'll get to him later in the show. But um, they also lost K.J. Osborne. Um, he took oh, a nasty right. hit going across the middle. So Minnesota is kind of thin right now on the uh, offense here. So uh, we'll see what they pull together for this weekend. Uh, moving on, Josh Downs, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts, went uh, went down and then was ruled out with a knee injury. Um, I guess it was the same knee that he was going into this week, you know, questionable with. So he just kind of re-aggravated the knee. Uh, there's no indication that it's a long-term thing, and um, we'll just have to, you know, play out the injury report this week but he was starting to come into his own um he's another player that i picked up um early on in the season and Mm -hmm. i feel like i have this um this i don't know if it's hidden talent bad luck i pick up a player like two or three weeks before they go off (laughs) and then you drop them and then i drop them because i need a roster spot or i use them as trade bait 
for you know a, a trade or something like Josh Downs. I traded, and then the week after I traded him, he blew up. Um, you know, and he's been pretty decent since. I think he's a strong flex play. Mm-hmm. Um, Gardner Minshew obviously you know is a little bit better passer than Anthony Richardson, and uh, the Colts you know they're they're usually playing from behind, so they're having to throw the ball. So I mean he he was you know or he is a strong flex play. Yeah, and um, moving on to other pass catchers, Dallas Goddard. The tight end, and you tell me if I'm wrong, the tight end position is just, it'll it'll send you to the insane asylum if you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do after your number one uh, tight end goes down and you have to look on the waivers for somebody. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I have Darren Waller in a couple leagues and I was really on the train that like, no, like he's not injury prone and he's good to go and everything's going to be fine. And man, have I been on a roller coaster this year? Uh, <laughs> some of the names on the tight end waivers in one of our leagues. And here we go. It's uh Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, Jr. Jawan Johnson, Hunter Henry. I mean, those are guys that could put up numbers like a decent, you know, tight end day, and then they can just goose egg you, mm-hmm. you know, with the same, you know, the same same week. So um, the tight end position is a wasteland, and Dallas Carter was obviously on a good offense. He was um, – I feel like he wasn't used as much this – or he's been used this much this year mm-hmm. than he has, like, in the past. Uh, but obviously, like, you know, I, I think he, he's still a solid – um, tight end, you know, for, for a tight like, end one. So, like you said, the tight end is such a wasteland that I think Dallas Goddard was having quietly a very good year. It's just, right? it just you, you, you're not seeing it, right? It's just, you know, and if it's in a tight end premium league, it's not, it's not hard for your tight ends to be good. They just have to get targets and catches, and you'll be okay. But yeah, Dallas uh, Goddard before going down, he was, um, he's the ninth. Um, number nine tight end with uh, 53 fantasy points in um, standard leagues and 91 fantasy points in PPR. It's pretty so good. In PPR leagues, he, you know, he's putting up good numbers. All right. Want to stay in the, in the same division? Yeah. Let's moving on to everybody's, oh man, you gave it away. Everybody's favorite, um, quarterback daniel jones um i don't know what happened or what's happening with him this year um he tore his acl against the raiders this past sunday so he'll he's out you know the whole season but i think the giants have to make a tough decision they have to decide whether they you know want to stick with daniel jones or if they want to invest in a quarterback uh the problem is his next year's salary i think is fully guaranteed yeah, I was gonna say they just paid the guy. Yeah, so I'm a little confused of why they paid him. I would have made. I, <laughs> I'm over here I, talking like I own an NFL. I team. was gonna say like to their point. I, I'll defend him a little bit. Daniel Jones had a pretty solid year last year, pretty good year. Like if we're gonna just go based on fantasy, he was what top twelve quarterback or something like that. Like, but that was all rushing production. Right. Daniel Jones has never looked good throwing the ball. He's never looked good in general. So, <laughs> so, so, But I think he was in a contract year. They had to make a decision. I don't think the Giants felt comfortable taking a QB this year in the draft, and then you're picking up a free agent QB. And I think the Giants were scared of FOMO. Like They were scared of missing out on Daniel Jones if Daniel Jones was going to improve. And I think they, I think they just felt like we could pay Daniel Jones or we could pick up a free agent on the market, and they decided to go Daniel Jones, and it's not panned out for them. Uh, but this, we'll we'll see how. I think I think he's coming back next year. You think he's coming back to the Giants? Yeah, but I do think they're gonna find somebody because like he has a torn ACL like he there, it's a decent chance he's not ready to start the season so they might get somebody else but he's going to be on the roster next season 
do you think that he's coming that he it's guaranteed that when he is ready to return that he's going to be back like he's going to be the starting quarterback for the it, New York Giants it depends on who they bring in to play the first few games and if that guy does really good then like I don't think Daniel Jones is getting his spot back, but if they're zero and three, they're certainly going to try. They're going to certainly try Daniel Jones for one more year, and then maybe the year after that they give up on him. It's very risky, but I guess you have to. You know, you, you invested the, this money in him. It's the Giants. They're, they're they they don't make the best calls. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's not a good idea. But uh, what do I know? Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones just hasn't looked good this whole year. And I know they've had offensive line troubles and they've kind of fixed it. But here's my thing. When Tyrod Taylor got in there, he looked fine. Looked good, right? He looked competent. Like, was it great? No. But the offense was moving, you know? They're wheeling and dealing. And I just feel like Daniel Jones could not get the ball to his receivers. Like, Like, I don't like to use this word. When it comes to quarterbacks, because I feel like it's disrespectful. But do you feel like he's scared when he drops back? I mean, I don't know if it's just his face, mm-hmm. but yeah, he he's just he just looks lost. You know, he looks a little worse. It's like Eli Manning, but like mm-hmm. a generic brand Eli Manning. You know, like a poor man's Eli Manning. Because if I, if I could make a comparison to it, and this is actually also a Giants, a former Giants quarterback. When Kurt Warner used to play for the Rams, I think he got like a concussion or a significant head injury. He came back to the Rams or something of that nature, and he started like shuffling his feet more. He started not trusting his offensive line, and he started moving around in the pocket more instead of focusing on downfield because he it seemed like he was scared to get hurt again. Then he goes to the Giants and he has the same issues. And then it looked like he goes to the to Arizona. They protect him and he looks like old Kurt Warner again. And they make it to the Super Bowl. It seems like I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Kurt Warner, but I'm just saying like he does look like when he drops back, he's more concerned with the rush than what's down the field. Yeah, and it it's it significantly hurts the offense. And like. When was the last time the Giants had a real, like, fancy relevant wide receiver for more than two weeks? Probably, like, early Odell Beckham. Because, like, you know, there's someone who always springs up and has a good week or two, but then either they get hurt or Daniel Jones can't get in the ball. So, yeah. So, what do you do with Giants right now? Are you starting any? Other than Saquon Barkley, is there anybody else that you should have rostered? Just because the tight end position is really slim, if Darren Waller comes back this season, I would start Darren Waller. But outside of that, now, yeah, him and Tyrod Taylor should come back around the same time. So I'm assuming that Tyrod Taylor will take, uh, you know, take the QB starting QB position when he gets back. So um, I agree with you. I think once Darren Waller comes back and and Tyrod Taylor is back and and he's starting obviously in place of Daniel Jones, um, I think that's yeah, he's he's a He's going to be, you know, a decent tight end, especially with how the tight end looks. Because those last couple of weeks with Tyrod Taylor, he's looked, he's looked good. Tyrod yeah, Taylor gets on the ball. So um, is, moving on to oh, real quick, is Tommy DeVito related to Danny DeVito? Ooh, is that a? Um, I just tried a question. I just tried to look <laughs> it up real quick, and there's not a I'm clear saying, answer. So I figured, <laughs> I figured that would be the biggest thing I looked. So like, I'm assuming not if it didn't just appear like right away. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say no. Um, before we move on, because a quick thought: if your league starts defenses, or if you have IDP IDP players, um, the Dallas Cowboys is a strong start this week against the New York Giants, and I think they play at home, so um, light them up. Do you play in any leagues right now that's, that do defenses still? No, no, no. We stopped doing defenses I, and, and reverted to IDP. So in every league I am in, it's IDP except for one, and it was just a random league I joined like the 
literally the day before the season started <laughs> and they do defenses. And every time I pick up a defense or drop a defense, I'm like that Jesus meme where you smoking a cigarette. <laughs> just like, I'm just like, I just, I like, I just have like really bad nostalgia to like playing defenses and I hate it. Every that original, week. that original meme is actually Matthew McConaughey. and they like edited him to look like jesus with the cigarette it's great (laughs) Um, not that i condone it but i'm just saying that it's it's a funny meme yeah but uh like i said speaking of hurt quarterbacks and you have speculation because you're this is your home team um Mm -hmm. the i was gonna say the st louis rams the los angeles rams signed x Commanders, Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> uh, Indianapolis Colt, Washington Commander QB Carson Wentz. To uh, did they sign him to the practice squad? No, he's on the roster. I he's on he's the, the roster. roster yeah. yeah, and then they got rid of uh, Brett. Uh, is it Rippin? Ripen? Yeah, Sean McVay saw like five third downs, and he's just like, "Yeah, we're not doing this again." <laughs> like, like, like. But, Brett Ripien was like, uh, Sean McVay was like, hey, Sean, uh, or hey, Coach McVay, I'm excited to start for the hey, team Coach after the bye. Hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, how's it going? And then Sean McVay's like, uh, you're not going to be there, buddy. Like, um, it, Brett, okay, here's my thing real quick, because I have to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. Brett Ripien, Ripien, Ripien would just not check down the ball. He just, for the life of him, he said YOLO. He said, I'm only going to start this one game. They're going to drop me after this game. I'm throwing it down the field. Like, yeah. he did not check down to his running backs at all. There, do you know how many times I saw, like, Darrell Henderson and Royce Freeman, like, pop out of the backfield? Like, could have just got a check down for, like, three or four yards. And in a game where every yard matters, it's mm-hmm. like, dude, you're not, you know, you're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. And uh, he would throw it down the field, and it was very irritating. I'm sure it was irritating for you as a Rams fan to see I, them on yeah. all those third downs. We we both had Puka stock, mm-hmm. and, and it was extremely frustrating watching that guy have like a third and seven, and he's just trying to let it rip down the field, and it's not even near a jersey. It's not even near a Packers player. <laughs> like, like That's how it was on every third down. Yeah. My, my favorite crazy. one, my favorite one specifically, that's going to be burned in my brain. It was a third down, and someone was doing like I don't know, like an out route or something. And Ripien does all this stuff to get out of the pocket just to throw it, and have, somehow it still got deflected. Like I don't even think there was a defender nearby, and somehow it still got deflected at the line. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is. Uh, I I really thought I was like, this is just going to be one game. Stafford's going to be back. My conspiracy theory: tinfoil hat. I don't think they would sign Carson Wentz if they were confident Stafford would be back by after the bye week. I think his injury is a lot more significant. I think that's why the Carson Wentz, he's going to have the bye week to prepare. And Carson Wentz is going to start after the bye week. I don't know if it's going to be a season-long thing, but I, I think that's the case. I don't think they bring Carson Wentz onto this team if they were confident Stafford would be back. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's a little tinfoil, tinfoil hatty, but um, it makes sense. You know, the puzzle pieces fit. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz wasn't very good in in Washington. wasn't very good in Indianapolis, but he's competent, and I think he he still has it in him. And I think he'll get the ball, you know, to the receiver. Honestly, like, I, just get the ball in the receiver's hands and let them do the work, you know. Because, like, even if you were somewhat confident Stafford was going to be back and you didn't like how Brett played. There's still plenty of other quarterbacks. Like you wouldn't bring somebody of the stature of Carson Wentz onto your team. If you didn't feel like he may need to play for you. Yeah. You're if anything, you're just bringing in another practice squad guy or something like that. That's a little different, right? You just need a body and you don't like how the other guy played. Then you just bring another one in. Like I don't. Yeah. I think Carson Wentz is starting, what are we on, week 10? Week 11. He's starting week 11. Hey, there you go. You have it here first. Carson Wentz, MVP for the last eight games of the season. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> also, I'm also in the camp of, like, the Rams are 3-6. and six. 
Like, when do they start realizing, like, the benefits of losing the rest of the way so they could get a decent quarterback in the draft? <laughs> it might not be Caleb, but there's other talented quarterbacks in the draft. And it seems like Sean McVay really wants us to win. Or us. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm acting like I'm on the team. <laughs> Sean McVay really wants them to still try to win, which it looks like that's why they got Carson Wentz, because they think they have at least a decent chance. That, apparently, they think this is 2017, but yeah. I have to say that year Carson Wentz was having a career year. Like I had him as my quarterback and he was, he was taking me, he took me all the way to the championship. He got hurt. I think, you know, the, the week before the championship games. So I had to scramble. Actually, I take that back. He took me to the semifinals and I lost, I believe in the semifinals. Cause I had to start Blake Bortles. It was against the Rams where Carson Wentz tore his shit up. <laughs> it was. It was. And he was having a good game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all good things come to an end. Right? It's an interesting signing just simply because I feel like Carson Wentz has been available for every team in the NFL. And every team in the NFL has had some kind of QB injury situation. And it's it's the three and six Rams who are pulling the trigger on Carson. I don't know if that says more about Carson or that says, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see because it's really hard to tell the future. Mm. I think we're ready to jump into our our segment today. We're going to change it up a little bit. I know we usually do booms, bussing, and and out of the stadium, but we wanted to bring you guys some SOBs. Um, Again, that stands for stream or start or bench. And uh, we're going to break it real quick here with rookie Will. Levis, he was named the starter. He's going to start this week again. Um, he's on the Tennessee Titans. Didn't look so good against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, looked great against Atlanta. But then it's crazy because Atlanta had like a top five defense before going into you know the game against the t- Titans. And then Will Levis lights them up, makes them look silly. Then they go, I think, to Minnesota the next week. And then they lose to a guy who barely got traded that week, never did a practice snap with the offense. They lose to that guy. So uh, Will Levis this week, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We just saw what C.J. Stroud did to them this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a shootout. I I think like if you're hurting for a quarterback, there's a few teams on by. The Chiefs are on a bye, so that's Patrick Mahomes. Tua's on a bye, the Dolphins. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is on a bye, the Eagles. So these are some top-tier quarterbacks, and if you have to stream somebody, um, Will Levis, to me, is either... He's either going to give you 18-plus points or he's going to give you 12 or less points. There's no in-between. So yep. it's really boom or bust, and you know, depending on who's on the wire... Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't confidently start Levis in my opinion. No, but he's someone that especially if your QB situation's not great or if you have Lamar Jackson and you still want to just keep a guy on the bench so the rest of the league can't get him. Uh I wouldn't I would stash him just in case, you know, you start seeing more consistent weeks from him. You know, and then maybe he's trade bait or he's Someone that you could put in in a bye week or someone that you might, maybe he'll eventually prove that he's better than your starting quarterback, you know, but yeah, he's a bench player now, but I do think he has potential to be a starting quick. And who knows, maybe if he ends the year off good, he could be a top 10 quarterback drafted next year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he, how he does. I think, you know, last week was on Thursday night football. So that might've played a factor, you know, rookie second game. People have expectations for you now. You know, defenses have seen you play. It's Thursday night football, short week, less time to prepare, less time to prepare. So I don't know, maybe a longer week. We'll see. I think, I think if he doesn't have a good week, then I guess you could kind of move on from it. But I, I, I have to totally disagree with you. I don't think he's worth stashing on a bench at all. If, and, and this is why, this is why, because there are better options out there at quarterback which is going to segue into the next SOB. 
somebody who I couldn't stand up until last week. Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is more than likely available on your waivers. And Baker's been having a pretty under-the-radar season. He's been averaging 16 or more fantasy points a game. Mm-hmm. He's looked pretty decent. He throws the ball a lot. He scrambles when he needs to. He limits his turnovers um, this year, I should say. He's looked pretty pretty good so far from what we're seeing. And I think that he would be a better uh, start or stream option than Will Levis and a better stash than Will Levis, um, in my opinion. Uh, he's just been consistent this year. And I think, you know, when you need somebody to fill in for your starting quarterback, like, you need consistency. So my stance on Baker is, you're right, everything you've said is pretty much accurate. To this point in time, yes. The The difference between him and Levis is you don't, you're not quite sure the potential of Levis, though. That's why you stash him on your bench, you hold on to him so no one else can grab him when they need him. And then if he if he ends up being a really good quarterback, then you have a really good quarterback on your bench. The thing with Baker is Baker's Baker. You know what you're getting with Baker. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be available. No one's going to want to keep him. There's no point of keeping him. Will Levis is a rookie that could potentially have high upside, and if he doesn't, then you drop him. Whereas yeah, Baker, Baker, you know you know what you're getting. Baker is just not sexy. I think he could. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not sexy. He's not sexy to start. He's not sexy to stash on your bench. It's like there's this bad taste in your mouth from, you know, Cleveland. But I think the Rams really revived him. Oh, like That was my favorite couple weeks of Rams fandom last year was the Baker Mayfield games. Like, yeah, I think the Rams rejuvenated his love of football. And, you know, especially this year, you know, he comes into Tampa Bay. He's taking the reins from Tom Brady. Like, he's he's been decent, you know. And what makes it even better is the the NFC South is just so horrible that, like, they always have a chance. No matter how many times you lose in the NFC South, you still have a, sh- a chance to win the division. So, somehow you lose a game, but you're you're one game higher in the standings after that week. That's how it works. Don't yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. And um, just to throw a little nugget out there that there's um, another sneaky, decent quarterback that's been having a pretty decent year. That isn't all that sexy. It's not speaking of sexy though. Moving forward. This is sexy. Wait, hold on. Let me get this guy out of here. Cause this okay. is your favorite guy right here. Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson. Oh, he's he's I believe he's in the top 10 of quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken, top 12. Yes, he plays the Bills this week and he plays the Browns in a couple weeks. But other than that, he's got the Vikings. Not that scary. The Texans. Not that scary. The Chargers twice, I think. Not that scary. The Patriots haven't been that good. They have a lot of injuries in the secondary. They play the Raiders, but uh, that game doesn't matter because that's the last game of the season. And then they play the Lions, who are up and down when it comes to, uh, you know, stopping quarterbacks and stuff. So um, usually their games are shootouts. So, I mean, he could be a sneaky play down the stretch if you if you need a quarterback. When are you going to give up on Russell Wilson? <laughs> I can't. I can't. What, 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 is, what is it about him that makes you cling on to him? I'm living in the past... You know, the one year that I, well, I should say other than last year, but the the previous time that I waited until like the ninth or 10th round to draft Russell Wilson, he was like a top five quarterback and I had a really good year that year. And I think I'm sticking, like I'm stuck to that nostalgia, you know, like nostalgia is a powerful thing, you know, case in point, the Fortnite OG map, Mm -hmm. it brought everybody back. Like nostalgia is a thing. When you smell something that you remember from your childhood, when you see something that used to bring you joy, you know, as a teenager, as a young adult, like, like Russell Wilson, was, was a good thing on my fantasy team. A year that I was, you know, on the top. Don't think I won that year, but I mean, like, it just brings back good memories of, you know, of a time when I was good at fantasy football. So, 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's 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 why I cling to Russell Wilson. Let's move on to quarterbacks that I actually think might be good for the rest of the year, <laughs> and uh, who who I thought you were alluding to, but this is a sexy pick because I think there is upside, and I think I was down on him in the last episode that we did, but Josh Dobbs. I, I, I like, I, I, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And for whatever reason, the more injuries the Vikings get, it's better for the record. It's better for the team. It's just like, you know what? Let's get, uh, let's get rid of all these really good players. Let's bring in these backups and let's win some games. And that's what the Vikings have done all year. And now they have Josh Dobbs, who to his credit, I don't even think read the playbook before last game. You know, Kevin O'Connell said that was one of his, like, one of the most impressive things he's ever seen was Josh Dobbs going in that game and winning the game for them. He could extend plays. He could get out the pocket. You know, he he could probably do more in terms of extending plays than Kirk Cousins could. So, I don't know. If Justin Jefferson comes back, I think this is going to be an interesting team to watch, but... You know, right now it's the Jordan Addison show and the TJ Hawkinson show, but I, out of all the quarterbacks we just discussed, including your favorite Russell Wilson, Just Dobbs is the probably the one that I'm, that is probably the best SOB of all of them. Are you starting him? If my if my quarterback has a bye week, yes. Yeah, the Vikings schedule isn't that scary uh, as well. And here's the thing about Josh Dobbs, right? He's he's a journeyman. He's been on, you know, a handful of teams, always as a backup. And then this year he comes in, he gets thrown in to be, I think, <laughs> two weeks before the start of the season. Yeah. He gets thrown in to be the start starter of Arizona or a week before the season starts. Yeah, I think goes it was a week, there, yeah. Goes in there, looks good. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, right? You know, he's been having up and down. I mean, they gave San Francisco a run for their money when nobody even, you know, thought to bat an eye for them. I think Josh Dobbs is just living his best life. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's so carefree because it's like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, he's not, he probably knows, like, I'm not going to get this opportunity again. I might as well make the most of it. And he's damn well making the most of his, his, his opportunity here. And, um, it's cool to see it's cool to see that you know like somebody who'd never got a lot of playing time or an opportunity finally have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like this year's Geno Smith. Yeah, that's a good comparison. You know. And you went and, from uh, you went from a team that I feel like was actively trying to tank to a team that's actively trying to make the playoffs. Like if they do and you know what, they're actually in better position than most of the league is right now. So Kudos to the Vikings. Kudos to Josh Dobbs. And it's Josh Dobbs' position to lose. Like, I don't think they're they're trying to get Jaron Hall back in there. So uh I, I think that takes a lot of pressure off Dobbs. And, and I think they're gonna do really, really well. Yeah, we'll see how they perform against the Saints this week. They play the Saints at home. So, so do do you feel Josh Dobbs has another twenty five plus point game in him this season? Yeah, I mean, he plays the Broncos. He plays the Bears. They play the Packers. I mean, there's those are opportunities there to, to go 25-plus. They're going to be in shootout games against the Lions twice. Granted, one of them doesn't count because it's the last game of the season, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going up against extremely difficult defenses. And, yeah, I think he has the opportunity to put up 20-plus points multiple times. All right. I want to see it. <laughs> Call him and tell him. <laughs> I'll let him know. Hey, if you don't, <laughs> if you, if you could be really good, please. <laughs> uh, move on to some running backs who are SOBs. I guess we could talk about these two together. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Yeah. Where, I mean, where, where do you stand with them? There's not much to say here. This is what I, this, I'm going to say one thing because there's not much to, to put on there. Um, Play at your own risk. Yeah. Play at your own risk. Um, they get the touches. They have the volume. They have the talent. They looked good against the Titans. 
could it just be because it was a Thursday night game? You know, it's always hard to tell when they play on Thursdays. Like Thursday games are just just ugly. They're ugly. Yeah. There's always just some random thing that happens that you would have never guessed. So, you know, my advice for them is play at your own risk. And I think that you're going to have to play them because I feel like the running back uh, position is so shallow that, like, you just you have to take a risk. Yeah. I feel like if you drafted them, you're probably stuck with them. You'd probably trade them at some point maybe, but if they're still on your roster after you drafted them, you're probably stuck with them. Like, I don't think another person in the league is actively trying to get them. You know, they're not going to trade really good talent for them. But, you know, there's some significant bye weeks coming up, and I do think the they're going to get some rub. And, I like, you know, the Steelers' offense is just not something I have a ton of confidence in either. So I feel like they're, the offense in total is going to score maybe one or two touchdowns a game, and you're just hoping one of your players gets that one touchdown, and it ends up being some random guy deep down on the depth chart. <laughs> you know, who usually gets it. So Steelers offense is really frustrating, but if you're in a pinch, I guess you can play them, but I wouldn't. Th- those are, those are players you're, 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 you have on your bench for emergencies. That's, that's kind of how I put it. You want to talk about Chubba Hubbard in Carolina? <laughs> no, but let's get to it. <laughs> Chubba Hubbard is right now. He's number one on the depth chart. I think that's, a combination of Miles Sanders being injured and then the team just looks horrible. Um, I mean, I'd be say I would say start Chuba Hubbard if he was playing against his own team because they are like dead last against running backs. But this one, I'm benching. I'm staying away from. Yeah, I, agree. I think Miles. If anything, if I had to choose between Chuba Hubbard and, and Miles Sanders, I'd want some stock in Miles Sanders. If I yeah. had to have stock in one of them. Because I do think that he's going to continue to increase his reps back to that, you know, that that solid running back one status, and they have a pretty tough schedule, you know, other than you know the Bears this week, but they play the Cowboys, then they play the Titans, then they play the Buccaneers, who just held the Texans in check. I don't even know how many rushing yards the Texans had. That was a straight shootout. Then they play the Saints. Those are four tough teams against the run. That's back to back to back to back. I have more and the Falcons. I was gonna say I have more faith in the Steelers offense than I do with the Carolina offense. Let's just put it like that. Like simple as that. Yeah, there's a better chance. There's a better chance of uh, of Josh Dobbs going more than 25 fantasy points than there is any of those running backs. You know, there's a reaching 15 plus. There's a better chance Josh Dobbs will have more rushing yards than them in a game <laughs> moving forward. Maybe even combined. <laughs> like yeah, that, this yeah, Carolina yeah. offense is bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. <clears throat> Do you think that they regret taking Bryce Young number one overall? Not yet, but they might. I really thought I, you know, when we did our, our pre preseason and, and you know draft analysis, like I was higher on C.J. Stroud than Bryce Young. I was too when we were um when we done some dynasty drafts like CJ Stroud was the guy out of the three made ones was the one I was eyeing the most. Yeah. And I got him in one of the leagues. He just seems more complete. Like he's he might not be like Anthony Richardson has the rushing ability but he felt like an incomplete passer. Bryce Young just felt really small and yeah some small quarterbacks have been successful like Kyle Murray and stuff but like CJ Stroud just looked like a quarterback's quarterback. And mm-hmm. he, he looked like he was ready to, to make the jump into the NFL quicker than the other two. And it's it's proven that way so far. And CJ Stroud, going back to what we were saying in the in the before the season started, you know, we were kinda wrong about this is we we said that most likely if you get stock in rookie quarterbacks, you you you're probably gonna have an off year. And the usually rookie quarterbacks don't make that leap until their second season. But CJ Stroud made that leap that I mean made that leap like in week three or four. And Anthony Richardson made that leap like in week one. It's just he got hurt. So, you know, we were I guess we were both kinda of wrong about the rookie quarterbacks thing. You know, but it shows like I guess that the NFL is 
developing quarterbacks faster or better? You know, cause like even Anthony Richardson showed some passing skills in those games too. Yeah. So, yeah. A little tangent. Yeah. But. <laughs> I kind of want to move on to our wide receivers. Um, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and I know personally this guy has a place in your heart because he breaks it every week. George Pickens. <laughs> what do you think about George Pickens um, moving forward now that Deontay Johnson is back? Is George Pickens, you know, is he is he a weekly starter? Is he matchup dependent or are you just stashing him on the bench? He's matchup dependent. And even then, I feel like you get it wrong most of the time. Uh, he'll he'll give you a 24-point game or something like that, and then he'll get three targets or two passes, two passes caught on five targets or something like that. But he does have the big playability. You know, he, he is – most of his touchdowns, I feel, are from 25 yards or, or more. And uh, even in the last game where he he gave me zero point nine points, but he was in the end zone. He just didn't put his left foot down or his right foot down, so that was frustrating. So like he he's a really good flex option, but like for example, I'm on. I, I have a team that also is Drake London, and I feel like once Drake London's healthy, I'm probably starting Drake London over George Pickens at this point. Yeah, especially with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Yeah, so well, we'll see. But he he's still playable. He's just you just don't have all that confidence. But it's more so on the Steelers than I feel like George Pickens' ability. But they were not. We're, the Steelers are not going to fix that midseason. I I figure so. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's just really too up and down. Yeah, like there was a play where I think. He, Pickens was running a drag route across the middle, wide open. Little, just needed a little, you know, throw, and and Kenny Pickett overthrew him. Yeah, like overthrew him over his head. It it wasn't even, and those are the moments where you're just like extremely frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. He's matchup dependent. Um, and even then, you you can't even confidently say at this point, like yeah, like he's gonna be solid in this matchup. Another person that you can't depend on, no matter the matchup, at least to this point of the season, is Christian Watson mm-hmm. from the Green Bay Packers. He just hasn't had any success, and unfortunately, he's been getting hurt a lot. Um, personally, I have some stock in Christian Watson, but right now he's He's a stash bench player until, you know, he can, the Packers can show that they can actually throw the ball, you know, downfield and, and make plays. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing right now is Jordan Love is is not showing that he can throw the ball deep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a lot of what Watson uh, thrives on. Because a lot of those deep passes, they just don't even look like 50-50 balls. They're just either underthrown or you know, thrown so far, you know, over to the side that like, they're just, they're not catchable. Yeah, I agree. He did catch a 50, 50 ball last game. And it was funny. Cause I wasn't really following Christian Watson's like stat line or his fantasy relevance. And like the, cause the way the announcers made it sound like it's like, yeah, Christian Watson's like, you know, he's finally having a good game. And then I look at the stat line and he caught one pass and it was that fast. Yeah. <laughs> one pass for like 37 yards. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the play he got hurt on. So supposedly he's, you know, he's day-to-day, no major, you know, concern. Did get evaluated for concussion, cleared that. So as of right now, you know, he's he's looking, he's trending towards playing. But again, until he has a, a decent to solid performance, it's really hard to to trust him to start. Yeah. I agree. But. I want to round out this SOB with somebody who I was really high on in the preseason and I'm still high on him and I know it's coming and he's had a few good games, but he's also had a few bad games is my guy, Calvin Ridley wide receiver, Jacksonville Jaguars. I still have a lot of faith in this guy. I'm starting him 
you know, yeah, even in, in some tough matchups. Um, I know he goes up against uh, San Francisco this week, but they haven't been that good against the pass recently. They've been giving up large plays to perimeter receivers. And so hopefully, you know, he can have a, a chunk play or two. And last game before their bye, um, he looked really good. He looked really good. Um, he was getting the ball a little more than usual. And I forgot who they played, if it was the Saints. No, no, not the Saints. Uh, who did the Jags play before their bye? They played the the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. And um, I know it was raining conditions, but he did put up about 12 fantasy points. And I think he had like 83 yards and like six receptions. So, I mean, pretty solid day. You know, if he gets into the end zone, that's obviously a bigger plus. But um, it kind of depends, too, on Trevor Lawrence. I think this is one of those similar to Christian Watson. It's kind of on the quarterback. Like, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have too much time in the pocket to throw the ball. And so, um, you know, he's checking down to the tight end and to Christian Kirk, the slot receiver who who run the shallower routes. Um, and he's, you know, not yep. able to get the ball deeper uh, to Ridley, you know, on the outside. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we're, we're looking at Calvin Ridley as an SOB, but it's funny because you can make the same case for Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence, fantasy-wise, is, ba- is like Baker Mayfield, but with nicer hair. Like that's like that's basically you know you're getting a solid sixteen points from Trevor Lawrence every week, but it's plus or minus maybe one or two points. That's what you're getting every week. So for your quarterback to get sixteen or so fancy points, that's either either the running backs are getting a lot of those touchdowns, which is usually the case, or it's not, or it's just one or two wide receivers that are, and Christian Kirk is getting some run, you know. So it's like. It's kind of like I was making the same point with the Steelers offense. Is like they're probably getting one or two touchdowns a game, and the fact that there's a lot of weapons on that team. The same thing with Jacksonville. It's like there's probably one or two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns a game, and there's so many weapons that you know every one every other week it's Calvin Ridley, but you really need Calvin Ridley to step up every week, and it's you're not you're not getting that. Yeah. So as of right now, I'm still starting him. I still have faith in the guy. I think the talent's there. Hopefully, you know, they, they get it together a little bit better after the bye. You know, Doug Peterson is one of those coaches who who does a pretty good job after the bye. He comes from the Andy Reid tree. So I think their, their preparation is going to be solid. And, you know, they play at home this week. So give me Calvin Ridley for at least 15 or more fantasy points this week. All right. I'll take that. Are there uh, anybody else? There sure is. Tight ends. <laughs> we talked about this in the pre-show. Brian, who 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 did you come up with for your tight end? I don't know. I have, I have a feeling we might have picked the same one. But I'm going with Gerald Everett. Oh, okay. Did you? Okay. I didn't so, pick Gerald Everett. Okay. No. He, it's super hit or miss, but I feel like that's the definition of an SOB, right? You're... You know, you're streaming them because there's the potential of an 11, 12 point week, but you're, you don't, you're scared to start them because you might get a three point week, right? And he, Gerald Everett's also not the only tight end in town on the Chargers. So it's, it's one of the situations, kind of like similar, like how Buffalo had Dawson Knox and Kincaid. And I feel like Knox was getting a lot of the touchdowns at the beginning of the year, but. I think Gerald Everett's a solid SOB. Like he's someone who's probably always available on the waiver wire. You can stash him on the end of your bench. And when your tight end has a bye week or your tight ends hurt, you know, there's a potential, there's a ceiling, there's an upside of a possible like 12 to 13 point game. But you're also most likely most weeks you're getting about three or four points. So yeah. Who's your tight end? So mine is somebody that uh, I had high expectations for at the beginning of the season, and I'm going to go back to him. Jawan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. Um, he actually looked really good this past week. Uh, I know he was coming off an injury. I think last week was his first week back, but this week he looked good. They used Taysom Hill as a tight end, 
But then they also use Taysom Hill as a running back, and they also use Taysom Hill as a QB, and sometimes he plays offensive coordinator. I'm not sure, you know, what other <laughs> things he does, but Taysom Hill is all over the field. Taysom Hill threw a touchdown pass, I believe, to Jawan Johnson this past weekend. So he's a guy that they look for in the red zone. Um, he's got some rapport with Derek Carr and Taysom Hill. I mean, you know, he's probably going to be a hit or miss, but if you're really, really, really struggling at the tight end position, um, you know, he's somebody that's probably most likely available on the waivers. And um, I think you can spot start him. Like if your your tight end has a buy or um, you just need somebody to fill in. Like, I think he's somebody that you could start. That's pretty solid. And like you said, you made a point in there. Taysom Hill's technically a tight end in most leagues, so if he's available or something, you know, he's he's been pretty fancy relevant the last few weeks. I thought he wouldn't be. You know, he's in his 30s now, but there you go. And just for perspective here, I wanted to give... Yeah, so in week eight, he comes back from injury. I believe they put him on the injury reserve. I'm not sure, but he was out a few, you know, a handful of games. Comes back last week against Indianapolis, kind of is a little mediocre. But then against Chicago, he has five receptions on five targets for 29 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he had 13.9 you know, PPR points, so basically 14 points. That's pretty solid for a tight end, you know, especially a tight end that you don't consider in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see how he does this week against Minnesota, but I, I think he's going to be somebody who's involved in the offense moving forward. Um, again, Derek Carr, I think, has a good rapport with tight ends. You know, case in point, Darren Waller in in Las Vegas slash Oakland. So I think he is somebody to watch out for. He, I think he has high touchdown upside in the red zone because I think he's somebody that they look for. Um, mm-hmm. He's not, you know, big play like Rashid Shahid, you know, or even a little bit of Chris Olave. Um, I think he's somebody, you know, that, that is a sneaky play when you need them. Yeah, I like that. There you go. So there you go. Those are the SOBs. The uh, son of a... Oh, I mean the <laughs> streamers or bench. Start or bench, however you want to put it. Brian, let the people know where they can find us on X. You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether Spotify, Google, Apple, or whatever platform you're using. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, you know, like tell your friends, you know, we appreciate everyone so far who's been listening to this podcast. You know, you could be doing anything with your time, but you're listening to us and we appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Um, Like Brian said, you know, like, subscribe, please share. You know, this is our first season of doing this podcast, so we're we're working to to make it more entertaining, get a little bit better every week. You know, we want to end the end the year in the top twenty uh, fantasy podcasts, right? <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but we can't do it without your help. Uh, like like I said, we appreciate you know your time, and if there's anything you want to hear. You know, reach out to us on X. It doesn't have to be fantasy football related. It could be just just anything. You want to know Brian's favorite uh, deli sandwich, um, you know, hit him up. You know, you want to know my favorite flavor of ice cream, you know, hit us up um, and we'll let you know. But as always, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you fantasy football. We'll see you guys on the next one.